Hey, I'm Ayla. And I'm Andy. And this is Sinister, Sinister Dynasty. Dynasty. I was I was meant to say welcome to. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, well. Shit happens. Shit happens. Okay, g'day mates. <laughs> we are listening to me talk shit. Not shit really, but yeah. As per usual, my dates may be wrong. My sentences may not make sense. But that's alright. Welcome to the joyride then, really. Yeah, welcome to the shit show. Yes. Um, so, today I am going to tell Andy about the Finnegan family murders. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, it's a wee bit out the gate, mate. Mm, okay, hit me. Right. September 1865. Can you picture it? <laughs> I can picture it's like black and white <laughs> black and white pictures you know I, I used to think that the black and white like people looked like that like but no it's just photos <laughs> so very, very good very good so um, 1965 a man called James was staying oh no sorry my bad I can't read look I'm already screwing it up so James Stack was staying with a widow Mary Finnegan. Mary Finnegan was previously married to James Finnegan, who had Finnegan, Finnegan, who had passed away. Um, So during their marriage, they had four sons and one daughter. So James was the oldest, Mm. not the father, the son. Yeah, he was seventeen. Benjamin, who was fourteen, and John, who was ten. Um, all the ages of thereabouts, as this was, yeah, it wasn't like confirmed that these were the ages, but this was as close as I could get. Um, their daughter was also called Mary, and but she was older, and she was married to James Stack, who oh. we had just previously mentioned. Yeah, who was not the brother, not the father, no, a different James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They really didn't have enough names back then, did they? Yeah, and the daughter's called Mary after the mother. Yeah. So, um, Mary, the daughter, had sadly passed away mm. uh, after she... Sorry, I'm getting gassy because I'm nervous. <laughs> um, because she became become sick. There was also a fourth son called Alexander who was serving in Tauranga. 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 Yeah. Tau. Tau. Yeah. Tauranga. Yeah, I don't know what Rodong is. Carry on. <laughs> uh, so, James Stack had previously been a soldier and was discharged. He was a part of the 65th Regiment and currently worked as a labourer while nice. living with Mary. Nice. The mother, not the daughter. Yes. <laughs> this, this is so confusing. <laughs> Unless they die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <What a> plot twist. <laughs> plot twist, no one dies. It's... Not even a podcast. <laughs> Hello and goodbye. <laughs> so James was living with the Finnegan family since the passing of his wife six months ago. They had been living in Chapel Street. And here we go with the names. Otahuhu. Yeah, I still don't know how to pronounce that. Ota, otahuhu. Ota, yeah. Okay. I don't know. So they've been living in Chapel Street in Otahuhu on a small pensioner double in a small pensioner double cottage, um, which they which Mary and James, the father, not the son or the husband, 
aren't. It's like a thing one, two, and But the house was left to Mary, the mother, by her late husband, James, the father, <laughs> not the son, or the husband, <laughs> or the brother. No, there's the brother. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, this was the father who had passed away, had left them the house. Okay, okay. Which, you know, that's normally that's how nice. it works. Yep. <laughs> um, so the home consisted of two floors. On the first floor, there was a kitchen and a bedroom, and one loft upstairs, which was accessible by a ladder. Um, sorry, because I keep looking at Andy, and I shouldn't. So when, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so that's where they were all living. Yeah, you know, happy and family. Small, yeah, whatever. Cottage, yeah, right. So Mary and her sons hadn't been heard from, from or seen for a while by the neighbours, and they started asking questions to James mm. because he was still there. Yeah, you'd be like, "What the fuck, bro?" Yeah. So James said that the Finnegan family had fled to the whole. Hokitika. The Hokitika <laughs> West Coast Goldfields. I'm sorry, it's been a long day. So when he was questioned about what had happened, he said that they had not only gone to the goldfields, but they had also robbed him out of £10 while he had been drunk in bed. How dare they? I would too. I would actually be a bit pissed. <laughs> I get it, he's drunk. <laughs> so... He had also, like James, had also given the sons £24 to buy clothes and pay passage to the diggings. So, like, get from get, where they were to, to the West Coast goldfields. Yep. Yep. When asked if he had heard from them, he said that he had received a letter from James, which was given to him by another man named MacDonald. When, asked, when the police asked if they could see the letter... Or the neighbours, it was the neighbours actually. When the neighbours asked if they could see the letter, he said he had lost it. Hmm, very convenient. Wasn't it just? Yes. So, MacDonald was asked, the man who brought the letter, was asked when he had last seen Mary. The last time that he saw her was September 26th at the Star Hotel in the town that they lived in, which I will not pronounce again. (laughs) He said that he had seen them frequently around the town together, including James Stack, who we're going to call Stack going forwards. Cool, thank you. That's You're a welcome. way less confusing. He had been to the... And that was the one that was married to the, to the daughter, Mary, who died of being sick. Yes. Yes, cool. So Mary going forwards... Is the mum. Is the mother. Cool. James going forward... Is the, is the son. Son. Father's dead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we've already lost three of them. That's good. <laughs> we've lost two of them. No, we've lost three of them because we lost the other Mary too. So we lost Mary two Jameses. No, have we? Oh no, two. No. Oh, no. no, we've just okay, lost. We lost the two of them, but it makes we've it lost easier. two. So we've okay. got Stack, and we've got Mary, and we've got James. Yes, the which son. is the son. Cool. Okay. James's son. So Stack's Ma- son. No, James is Mary's son. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. James is Mary's. So there's, I'm going to use my fingers and you can't see this, but so there is James, James and, and Mary. Mary. Yeah. And then James and Mary had <laughs> yeah. Alexander, Mary, James, Benjamin, and the other boy. Oh, that doesn't matter. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then there's and then there's stack over here in the corner. Okay, cool. Because, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> so. MacDonald was said that he had been to the family home several times, 
but it had been locked. When he asked the neighbour, who also hadn't seen them, he proceeded to break into the house through the window, searching it thoroughly. Um, at the time that he did this, he noticed it had very minimal furnishings. The hmm. day or two before the family went missing, Stack had borrowed a hammer from the neighbours. And when the neighbour came looking for the hammer, he knocked on the door, but no one came. But Stack did pop his head out the window to let them know that he had lost it. And he asked her what value it was. It was valued at 18 pence. Don't know what that translates to now. He then placed the money on the window where she could get it and shut the window. MacDonald also mentioned in his questioning that he had found a small axe or tomahawk in the kitchen under some rubbish when he broke into the house. So shortly after James left the property in December, there was a record saying that he claimed he was going to Hadwick. Wherever the fuck that is. Yeah. And at the time, MacDonald had informed the police when Stack left. Okay. So... The police then came in and started searching for the family as no one had seen or heard from them. And Stack's pretty useless, apparently. Mm. So MacDonald rallied a party of villagers into the Flanagan family home. Finnegan? It's Finnegan, but I've written Flanagan. Family house where they began searching the surrounding gardens using sharp rods. They went through all the house and everything like that. The police were said to have received two telegraphs from Otihaha yesterday. Yesterday, so the day before. Okay? Yeah. The first was saying that Mary had been found deceased. The second said that James and Benjamin were also found buried in the garden. Mm-hmm. When the bodies were found, they had signs of being burned. The burn thing may or may not be true not confident still dead bodies in the garden not no. super great for the vegetables surely no that is very good for the vegetables oh okay but maybe don't, that's why he did it don't hide your bodies in the gardens <laughs> it's a stupid place to hide a body um so they had been buried just two feet in the ground so not far down at all no he didn't do a very good job so they found Mary first in the backyard, just under two foot of the ground. She had been buried under the carrots. It was the mum, Mary. Yes. Yep. She had a large open wound on the right side of her head, which would have been inflicted by a very heavy blow, and they compared it to what damage a tomahawk would do. Right, so that's where the tomahawk... Yep. Yeah, so it's like similar. Yep. Yep. So they continued the search, which stretched over an acre. So they began to search in the ditches just outside the property where they found the body of the first son. Ten feet off the same ditch, uh, the body of another child was found. And this body was found to have been cut below the chin. So like... Decapitated or just... Just cut, slit throat, I'd say. Yeah, okay. The throat of one had been cut from ear to ear and down the spine the other child has been battered by blunt force instrument Mm. on both sides of the head they had determined that all the deaths would have been instantaneous so no suffering that's a positive when the bodies were discovered it was determined that they had been there from 10 to 11 weeks and they were in an advanced state of decomposition oh Oh, okay, sorry, gross. Yeah. All those poor people, but, oh, yeah. The coroner, 
slash doctor. Mm. He may have been one, he may have been both. Uh, also commented that he had seen James Stax three weeks ago as he had come to see him as he had been kicked in the face by a horse and it busted his lip. Yep. And that is karma. That is karma, yeah. Sorry, Stack, mate. Not at all. Stack. Yeah, not really. <laughs> so, James... Ah, uh, sorry. Stack was later found on the run in late December 1865. Mr. Deros and Mr. Price were travelling along the Great Northern Road in search of work when they passed the Lunatic Asylum and they seen a man laying sleeping in the fern by the roadside. Just my, Honestly, my first, like... Thing would be like this man is outside a lunatic asylum like a lunatic has escaped yeah. and he's having a nap <laughs> yeah I, w- I would think that too actually obviously they're not called lunatics anymore no sorry yeah but yeah I know what you mean <laughs> so um Mr. Jarris and Mr. Price started a conversation with him and discovered he was also looking for work mm, nice cover. handy yeah Good. Cool. <laughs> um, so they all went together. So when the night came, they had been forced to make camp in the bush. And then the morning came back around. So they made their way to Mr. Short's at Kukapa Kappa, where he employed them. Oh, so no what, questions what's asked. Kukapa Kappa? What's that? Is that just like a business? Kukapa Kappa. No, it's a place. Okay, yeah. So they were all employed there. Christmas morning rolls around and Mr. Derris had a copy of the New Zealand Herald and amongst other things it mentioned the Finnegan family murders. Mm. Stack then commented on it saying that the people ought to make endeavours to capture the murderer and put a rope around his neck. Oh, Stack said that. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Okay, bro. (laughs) Yeah, so after breakfast Stack pulled Derris to the side and persuaded him to go to the Bay of Islands with him. When they set off, they intended to go via McLeod Road and then taking a boat to Wairau. As they walked, there was police coming to, towards them. Mm-hmm. So Stack jumped into the bush saying he wanted nothing to do with the police. Uh, Deris asked them, asked if he was a deserter, like through the military. Mm-hmm. He then recognised... He was then recognised as the murderer by a carpenter working at a mill, which was nearby. Yeah. This man was Sergeant Lloyd, who was a part of the 65th Regiment, which Stack was a part of. Oh, okay, yep, yep. The sergeant approached Stack and asked him for his name, which he replied, James Johnson. The sergeant said, no, it's not. <laughs> it's Stack and I know you. Yeah. Like, who, who do you think I you're fucking? No, you bro. <laughs> so four of the workmen surrounded Stack and took him to the police. He was then brought before the magistrate. When he was told he was charged with the murders of the Finnegans, he replied, all right. And he was held in Auckland until the trial <laughs> and was brought to town for the trial. Radio, bro. <laughs> like, no orgy, worries, mate. Orgy. <laughs> so Deros volunteered to come to town in order to give evidence. So Stack was tried and convicted. Yep. No ifs, whens, or buts. Just... Just solid murder. You fucking did it. Multiple times. Yep. So Stack had been known for his bad character and had previously been charged for theft in Auckland. Oh, and you moved down to the South Island, I'm guessing. No, this is all up north. 
Yep, after oh. he moved down. Yeah, yeah, so in my bed. Yep. Because we were in Otago, weren't we? Yeah. Cool. When Stack was on trial, a lady called Marion Sophie Weaver was sworn on, sworn on to testify. So she was a neighbour of Mary. Mm. Their house. The mum. Yep. Yep. So, um, Marion's house was joint to Mary's house. Okay. So they both lived in pensioner flats. Her husband was a miller. Yeah. Who had left to go to Hokitika. And during this time, she had popped over to Mary's to get some milk and returned an ink bottle that she had previously borrowed. When she saw Mary, she described her as being her usual in her usual health, but said that she had been drinking. And so Mary led Marion to the bedroom where she showed her a sailor's knife, which was in a leather case. And Mary had told her that it belonged to James Stack and said that James meant mischief with it. Oh, so she'd, like, taken it off him. Like, Mary had taken yeah. it off him. Yeah, okay. Well, that's how it reads. I'm yeah. confident. Yeah. So, Marion had told Mary to hide the knife, what she did under the boards of the home. Mary told Marion that she did not want to spend another night in the home. Mm. So, Marion told her that she didn't think Stack would harm her, as he had been so kind to her. Oh. Right. Oh, poor Marilyn, man. That Marian. sucks. Marion. This sucks. So they parted ways, but later Mary had called through the partition to Marion, inviting her over for a cup of tea, but she was declined as she was going out. So Marion slept in her own home that night, but heard nothing but someone walking around the home because mm. there was the, like, like joined. Yeah. yeah. She had never heard any major disturbances, but she did recall smelling, no, she recalled smelling nothing out of the ordinary from the home except burning rags after Stack had said that the family had left and she didn't and he sorry, I'll restart that she recalled smelling nothing out of the ordinary, which is weird from the home except for burning rags after Stack had said the family had left and he didn't know where they were so he stayed locked up in the house after that for 9 to 10 days after this, he was seen digging in the garden. Mm. He had planted potatoes on a very wet day. Oh, so he had planted veggies. <laughs> yeah, planted potatoes. Did anyone check on the potatoes? On the potatoes? On the potatoes. On the after the trial. <laughs> Sorry, most that's probably, not funny. <laughs> most probably, mate. After this, Marion was asked to leave the house by the landlord as another tenant needed to move in. So she was kicked out of her house. The last Marion Marion saw of Stack was on the 20th. Um, Don't know what month, but here we are. Stack was leading another man into the backyard. The man who she saw, she thought was McDonald. Um, Marion told Stack at one point that the town was saying he had gotten rid of the Finnegans. His response was, what will they say next? He had brought a letter to her claiming it was from James Finnegan, though himself expressing sorrow that his mother had taken money from James and had promised to pay him back himself for the money that he would make from the Hokitika goldfields. He also showed her a second letter, also from James, saying that they had nothing to do and their mother was with them. Right. Well, if they had nothing to do... Like in the Hokitika goldfields. Oh, Okay. I mean, except, yeah. you know. Yeah, except murder people. <laughs> Michael McDonald, which is McDonald's first name, Michael, 
also testified he had lived with James in the same house after James was discharged from the the 65th Regiment. I don't know if that's like the Army, the Navy, the lifeguards, I don't know. The lifeguards. <laughs> so MacDonald had also been charged from the 65th Regiment. Um, and he had known for stack for 10 years. He said that last Friday there were six or seven men staying with Stack, and of that, five of them were discharged soldiers or lifeguards. The last that McDonald had seen of him was when Jack Stack rolled up his blanket and said he was making his way to the Bay of Islands. He told McDonald that he had been accused of making away with some people and to pre- prevent himself from being taken unjustly, he should just get out of the way. McDonald hmm. recalled that James had been, that Stack had asked him to say that he had received a letter from James Finnegan in Auckland before he should have gone to the diggings. When McDonald refused to do this, Stack said that he was leaving this place immediately. McDonald had recalled seeing a tomahawk in the home that belonged to Stack, but never a hammer. He also recalled recalled Stack taking taking potatoes and sugar to Miss Weaver's home and had known a man to stay all night in her home. Oh, so he'd been nice to her and like buttering her up, kind of. The Marilyn Yeah, so I don't know if he was staying all night in her home. Right. Or there were other men. Right, okay. So, James Stack never made a public confession. Okay. On Saturday, April 1866, the sheriff went to Stack's cell, demanded that he be given up. Stack then hastily put on his boots, placed his cap on the peg, and exited his cell to go down the corridor. As he walked, he repeated the words of the prayer recited by the priest. Stack placed a black crucifix to his lips, which he kissed. Mm. When the executor came up behind him, his arms were pinned. Stack continued to repeat in a low tone, Lord have mercy upon me, Christ have mercy upon me. James was hung at Mount Eden Gallow in Auckland on Saturday the 7th of April 1866. The third son's body was not found until 1869. Wow. And I don't know where they found that. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Maybe but under the potatoes. The potatoes. Maybe that's why he could only dig, like, maybe that's why he only put them two feet below, because there was more bodies, like, underneath it. Hmm. Um, I also read that the day that Stack was hung, the fourth son, Alexander, went to the gallow to plead with Stack to tell him where the third body was, in which he denied knowing anything about. Right. And you would think almost like a deathbed confession, you'd think he'd say, but who knows? And it was de- it was definitely him that did it, eh? It was definitely him that... I don't, I don't know. It's likely to be him. I suppose you can't really have, because it was, like, 1860s. So it was ages ago. Yeah. yeah. So it was... I don't know. It seems likely to be him. He's pretty sus about it, and he didn't deny it when he was, like... Yeah, Like, oh, you did this. And he was like, no. Nah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, okay. yeah, maybe. But, oh, yeah. Interesting. I love these, like, super old cases. Well, I do not love them, obviously. There's people dying in them. But, um, I don't know, you really do learn a lot about New Zealand's history. I know. I don't like them because there's not enough information on them. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. 
Oh, actually, so I've got a case coming up in, oh, probably a few weeks away for you guys, but we're recording it tonight, so it's also an 1800s case, but there was so much information on it, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you will not know. Have we until, recorded it? No, no, we're going to okay, later cool. today. Fab. But not for listeners, sorry, you have to wait a wee bit longer. But that was, no, that was a good case. Cool. That was, that was a really good case. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, I'm Ayla. And I'm Andy. And this was Sinister, Sinister Dynasty. Dynasty.